The Pinball Network is online. Launching. Just another pinball podcast. This is Joel Engelberth, and this is Just Another Pinball Podcast, episode 19. Um, something new, something different today. Uh, first off, I don't think Just Another Pinball Podcast is probably the appropriate um, title for this. I think I think Just a Pinball Podcast probably makes a little more sense because I have a guest on today, and it's not a family member. It's actually Travis Meary. Um, Marv Loco Marv on Twitch, uh, he's on here today. So, Travis, thanks for being on here. No, I appreciate it. That's the perfect intro right there. I knew us, you know, practicing that for three hours before this podcast, <laughs> you'd get it right. Yeah. The debate was just a pinball podcast or just another a pinball podcast or, I, you know, we struggled with that, but I think we, I think we're all right. Yeah. I think we nailed it. It's perfect. <laughs> podcast is done. That's perfect. Thanks everybody for stopping by. Yeah. It's flawless. It, it took three hours of rehearsal, 30 seconds of recording and we're done. Boom. <laughs> yeah, fair. So, Travis, you um you have a YouTube channel. It's a pinball podcast, correct? No, it's Marv Loco, right? Marv Loco is your YouTube channel, right? It's Marv Loco, and just one of the things I do on there is I do a podcast on there called a pinball podcast, and I just basically film it, put it up on YouTube, and then eventually, if I remember, I'll put it up on the podcatcher also. Yeah, that's that's good. I I know when I saw your first episode pop up. Um, because we obviously, we have a mutual friend that would be Zach mini. I know you do some, uh, it seems like you're sponsored actually by flipping out. And, uh, so I remember when that popped up, I was like, sweet, more media to consume. And when you first started your podcast, you're like, Hey, I want to give this a shot. And I think I'm going to call myself a pinball podcast. And I remember sitting here and I'm like, I think me and this guy think alike <laughs> because I was the same way, just another pinball podcast. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think we do. I think we think alike in some ways. Yeah, I legitimately took about 45 seconds to come up with that name. Mm -hmm. so, I think I must have been 50 because I added just <laughs> in front of it. Just, a, yeah, so I get you. Well, all the names are taken already. I mean, that's true. I tried to do straight down the middle. Then I saw that was taken already. I tried to do pinball profile. That was uh -huh. already. So, yeah. True. Slap I'm save. I don't slap save generally. So I just, I just was running. Yeah. That's I it. don't know. Yeah, I tried Slam Till also, and I'm like, <laughs> dang it, all these names, they're just, they're gone already. So that's, do. that's fair. Um, so Travis, you, I know one big difference between us is you are a competitive player. I, I am not, I've, I've yet to have an opportunity to play in a, in a league or any, any competition. And if I, correct me if I'm wrong, you are the Oklahoma, is that right? Oklahoma state champion? Yes. I'm the, this past year as the Oklahoma State champion. And then a couple of years before I was the Oklahoma state champion. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, if you watch one of his videos, they misspelled Oklahoma on his trophy, which is so great. Well, what's even funnier is, is all the emails I get about it as if I'm not aware that it's misspelled <laughs> this whole time. Yeah. My <laughs> last name's Engelberth. So I'm used to awards having my, my name misspelled many, <laughs> all the time, but I, I don't know if I've ever received a reward where the actual award is misspelled. So that's pretty awesome. Well, it was perfect because when I first saw this trophy at the uh, beginning of the whole tournament, we all realized it was misspelled and that just gave me extra motivation. I was just thinking to myself, I'm not going to lose today because I want to win that trophy. That's very specific trophy. It was no longer about the state title. It was just about that trophy. So I don't know. Maybe they need to misspell it every year and they'll give me reason to really have true motivation for that thing. 
Hey, that's fair. I know. I mean, what like baseball cards and other things, you know, typically the mis- the misprints are, are worth more, right? Exactly. So if anybody has 50 bucks or so, I mean, let's get it done. I'll start. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so first question, roughly how many years would you say you've been in the hobby? Gosh. So aware of the hobby, basically aware of the hobby, I would say 30 plus years, just because I played pinball at like Godfather's Pizza and places like that, but not knowing exactly what it was. Um, Semi-involved in the hobby, I'd say about a decade, just because I was trying to get an ACDC pinball machine from my wife just begging her for it for several years. And obviously it never worked. And then I would say being fully involved in the hobby or at least a w- more aware of the hobby, probably about four years or so now, and then being fully involved in the hobby, probably about, mm, I would say three years at about this point. All right. I, I, it's just my guesstimation. I don't know. These days, Joel, you know how it goes. These days they just go together right now. Yeah. Yeah. The fact, Yeah. This last year has been a blur, but I, I get what you mean. I know, I mean, I was aware of pinball as a, as a kid, and but I never played them in the arcades because that money, I've always felt like I could I could do more, you know, on playing X-Men or Turtles or something like that. Um, but I, to be honest, I've only really, really seriously been in the hobby for about three years. So I just want to, I, I just want you to know, I've heard recently that to be a credible, creditable, you know, podcaster, you, you have to be in the hobby at least five years, but preferably, you know, like part of it back in the 2000s where you could get machines for really cheap. So I, I just don't, you know, my opinion, take it for what it's worth, which apparently is not much. Oh gosh. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that whole conversation, that didn't set well with me either. And that didn't set well with a lot of people. It was just, as soon as that happened, I probably had, I'm not even joking, Joel. I probably had about 25 messages either on Facebook or text asking me if I heard this. And I didn't really understand what it was. But then when I listened to it, I was just like, oh, my gosh. I, I just I couldn't believe it. And I don't know. Maybe he misspoke. Maybe he just got caught up in it all. But it, yeah, it just it kind of floored me. It really yeah. did. I mean, there are podcasters out there that that do just rip into machines. And I get it. I, I think obviously the comment was really directed towards one or two people specifically. Right. But um it did the way it came out. It was a very broad <laughs> and, and open, you know, kind of kick to the nuts of most pinball media out there. And uh, just saying pinball media sounds pretentious. And I know I, I'm, a, I'm just a guy that's sitting in front of his computer and just, that just enjoys talking pinball. And, and even with recent things like, uh, like the pinball industry awards, the, I've had the opportunity to vote on that. I know you had the opportunity to vote on that. And I like, I'm not, it's awesome to be a part of that. But at the same time, I don't think I'm special for being able to be part of that. Right, right. Well, it's, you know, this hobby is really funny because I tell my wife this all the time. I'm just like, I recognize I'm super self-aware that this is probably one of the dorkiest hobbies you could really get into. You know, like I'm very self-aware yeah. of that. All my real life friends remind me of that all the time. But I'm like, you know what? I own it. Like, yeah, yeah, I do a YouTube channel. Yeah, I do a podcast. And just the same way you do, Joel, you know, with streaming and podcasting, because it's fun. It might be a dorky hobby, but it is a fun hobby. And I I think a lot more people would actually enjoy it more the more that they get involved in it. And they kind of go down these little rabbit holes on different things that you can do, like sub niches, you know, within this niche that it really does exist. 
Absolutely. I know. Yeah. The streamers all kind of are kind of all talking to each other in the background, you know, encouraging each other. Podcasters, same thing. Um, I mean, I think TPN, just the pinball network has been that it's kind of a small group of just, you know, people there to just support and encourage each other. So I, I totally know what you're saying. And, uh, but I got to give your wife a, a, a shout out. Monica is, is hilarious. She's jumped into my stream a few times and, uh, I can tell she, she gives you a hard time. You you, well, you actually told me today that you, you've, currently you're recently suffered an injury that I think she's been very, um, you know, accommodating and, and supportive for, correct? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me of how old I am now. It's terrible. This isn't even a pinjury. This is just being old, you know? So what happened was what Joel is so graciously referring to right now, earlier this week, probably about, I think it was like two or three days ago now, I was doing my normal dad thing, getting up in the morning, getting the kids ready. And I have four of them. So I, you know, I'm making a great effort to be dad of the year. I mean, we're 14 days or so into the year. So I'm trying my best. And I decided to get some coffee ready for my lovely wife so I can send her on her way too. And I have to sneeze. Well, I don't want to sneeze on everybody around me. So I turn, you know, 45 degree angle, sneeze into my elbow. And lo and behold, as soon as I do that, instantly a pop. And my neck is just throbbing and come to find out I strained a muscle in my neck while sneezing. And this is legitimately the first time I've sit in a chair and I haven't been laying down in over two days right now. And she's been right there by your side every moment, hasn't she? Giving me shit the whole entire time. <laughs> That's what over a decade of marriage will do for you. They don't feel sorry for you anymore, Joel. It gets to a point after you have so many kids and you've been married for so long. And they see you in pain. They they just think it's funny because they know you'll get over it eventually. Yeah. She knows I can't get up. That's the problem. Now, she's being very nice. She's still bringing me dinner or bringing me a drink or something like that. But I'm still hearing all about it. Basically, I'm hearing about everything that I owe her now in the coming months that yeah. I'm going to cash in at some point. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my wife's a nurse practitioner. So when it comes to medical, like she's seen it all. So there's nothing that I can sustain that I get any sympathy for. So I'm, I, I get what you're saying, but Hey, I think that that's, Hey, there are better halves. You know, the reality is if the, if the tables were turned, I think we'd be get, dishing it out just as, just as well. So, um, ah, it's great. That makes me happy. I feel like your wife could actually treat you though. Mine is just telling me to look up WebMD <laughs> and figure it out. Yeah, that's yeah, that's valid. That's a valid point. I can't help you there. Yeah. All right. Well, I one other comment, and and I I agree. I listened to the Super Awesome Pinball Show uh, podcast, and it, it it was a good podcast. I mean, it was it was a good interview. And to be honest, I am very curious to see what what um, American Pinball does next. But um, th- there, I would be remiss to not clarify one thing. And uh, one of my favorite people, I've yet to meet him in person. I've mentioned this on my podcast before. He's become somewhat of like a a role model, somebody that I look up to and his opinion to me matters a lot. And that is Dennis Creasel. And Dennis Creasel has been uh, coming out of that, that, that podcast. There was quite a good conversation that we had going on in our discord. But the one thing that Dennis really struggled with was one particular comment. And the comment was, uh, the interviewer asked, are we going to see some crazy ramps in, in American pinball games? And, and David Fix was very quick to say, of course, you don't go out to Picasso and tell him to paint watercolors. <laughs> and 
what's great is Dennis has very generously pointed out that there was an entire period where all Picasso painted was watercolors. And so that, that comment alone apparently does not make sense. And Dennis is on like a campaign to make sure that the world knows <laughs> that, that Picasso apparently was a watercolor painter for a portion of his life. So just, <laughs> I, it, we, sh- we could probably wrap up now. That's the, that's the important lesson of today. Yeah, Din Din is all about those Picasso watercolor paintings. <laughs> I've heard it from him. I've I've learned more this past week about Picasso watercolor paintings than I ever realized there was to learn. I truly have. That's fair. I think it's dollars. Yeah. We're doing the wrong damn thing, Joel. We need to be watercolor painting. We could be millionaires right now. Oh, I think anybody that does any sort of pinball media, it doesn't take you long to realize we are doing the wrong thing. There is there is no money or claim to fame or anything when it comes to streaming pinball or or recording pinball. I know you, I mean, you are actually partnered on Twitch, but not for streaming pinball. This apparently happened uh, years ago, right? You were you caught you, you caught the wave early on. Yeah, we're talking 2014. So I started streaming December 2013 and it was Call of Duty that I initially started and it took me about six months or so to uh, get partnered at that point. But it was just because I was basically streaming nearly every day for like two to four hours per day when I was streaming really interactive with the chat. So the things that I was doing back then, it probably wouldn't work as well today just because things are super saturated Mm -hmm. compared to then. But back then, I mean, it worked out pretty well. It just got to where I had to decide between career or streaming. And even though I was partnered and I mean, I was doing decent. I had, I think at my peak about 600, 800 subs somewhere right around there. But at the end of the day, that's, you're only getting $2 and 50 cents per sub. And so while it sounds like a lot at the same time, if you're pulling in a salary of less than $2,000, well, that's only going to go so far. Yeah. And so it just got to wear my time. I just, I couldn't do it any longer and I miss it. From time to time and just the only reason why i don't turn around and stream pinball is just simply because my time is so i just don't have enough of it I, I can do the youtube i can do all that but if i try to stick in streaming live streaming on top of that it's just between four kids and a wife it's just it's very difficult to do as, I, I, as well yeah i got i got two kids and uh you know the deal with my wife is i get one night a week one night a week and that's why i look forward to my 10 my wednesdays 10 to midnight 10 to 1 that's my streaming time and I'm I love it. I absolutely love it. But that actually leads me to my so my really my first real good interaction with you was actually through my stream and you hopped into chat and and you've been incredibly incredibly useful in chat because it is very clear that the game that I've been playing recently is is actually a game on loan. I'm I'm borrowing Avengers. I have an Avengers Pro that I'm borrowing from Zach at Flipping Out Pinball and um you have made it quite clear on your on your podcast and show that you are a fan of Avengers. Yes, slightly. A fan of it. Maybe maybe an ultra fan. I mean, I'm so much of a fan of it as I recognize. I don't think I could truly give it an unbiased review. That's why I haven't even put out a review yet. That's that's the toughest part. That's how self-aware I am of it. I mean, it has its shortcomings. Don't get me wrong. But Mm -hmm. I know a lot of it. I'm such a huge fan of the theme because I grew up reading the comic books for three decades now. And so seeing this on a pinball machine made by my favorite pinball designer, it's just, I mean, it's a dream come true, especially during this time when I have basically as much time on my hands to play it during the day. So it just, it just, it works out really well that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know the way that I look at a pinball machine. So for example, when I first was borrowing Stranger Things, and me, when I looked at the pinball machine, it's like, all right, brand new game. In my head, I kind of have a role, a roadmap. So it's like, all right, what is there to conquer in this game? And it's, I'm only looking at achievements. So like, that means, okay, I got 12 modes. If I do four modes, then I get to the first mini, mini wizard mode. And then I do four more modes, I get to the second mini wizard mode. And then I do two modes and I'm in this. And I have another two and I'm in this. And then I'm basically in the final wizard mode. Like that's that's all I have in my head is these are the things I want to conquer. I don't personally care about points at all. And so when I first got Avengers, in my mind, it was like, okay, what is there to do? And it seemed like it was somewhat of a shorter list. It's like, okay, once I claim all the Avengers, there's kind of a, a moment where you can do Soul Gym, which is pretty cool. And then I have to do all the Avengers again. And then you're in Black Order Multiball, which is a moment. And that's pretty cool. And then if you do it again, then you're in Battle Royale. And then if you get all six gems, you have Thanos. Like that's that was it in my mind. Like those were the only things I really wanted to achieve or experience. And what I realized was the game is not, I would say, and you can agree or disagree with me, but I don't think the goal of Avengers is really trying to give you these moments. The goal of Avengers or the code of Avengers is all about, let me give you so many different options that you could capitalize on points or earning points that it's just this endless possibility kind of game. Um, Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment overall. It's just when we talk about moments in pinball, it's especially when you're dealing with modern pinball, such as the last just three or four years. You know, the with the amount of people that are actually coming into the hobby, I don't know how many of those people are familiar with the way pinball was back in the 90s or how some of those games play. But yeah, the moments of today, I mean, there still is some moments and there but in terms of there being just pure moments like say on an Adams family when you're getting that multi-ball the showtime multi-ball it I mean there's just really yeah it's a lot of games are lacking in that today and you know I mean I have a lot of I have a lot of thoughts on that or some theories on that but I think a lot of it goes to just like you were mentioning if you have a game that has a breadth of ways to play it to where the game isn't necessarily super deep but it's super wide in terms of the rule set it's it's almost like how many true moments can you fit into that when there is so much to do as opposed to the older games in which there was only a few things to do and you could really make you had to really make those few things really stand out yeah that's fair and i think so moments and maybe it's just everybody has different standards but like to me there was a time when i owned a hobbit and and jjp hobbit sure it has its own shortcomings typically when it comes to its layout or some people really hate the way it plays but in my opinion, each mode is so unique, like the music and the video assets and what you're trying to do, each mode felt very unique. And there was 32 of them. And then on top of that, once you do all five of the Arkansas or whatever, you get to the first mini wizard mode, which is just this unbelievable, like theatrical, audio, visual, light show, just crazy experience. Um, and so like, I just felt not to mention like defeating smog. I felt like there were so many different you'd you'd start a new thing and it was so i don't know like that game just really sucked me in and um that's that like i really enjoy that and uh about pinball but i but i understand that that that's really its strength there's there are a lot of weaknesses in hobbit though and it's those the weaknesses are typically things that i'm not focusing on if that makes sense 
No, and that's perfectly fine. Because, I mean, the way it comes down to pinball, and this is why I tell everybody, play the games the way that you want to play them. Enjoy them the way that you want to enjoy them. Because something that might be a priority for me might not necessarily be a priority for you. It may not even be in your top five of a priority. You know, for some people, it's all about theme. For some people, it's all about code. For some people, it's all about layout. And they're, I mean, I've met some people to where it's all about art. They legitimately will not buy a pinball machine unless it's done by a certain artist. And they won't even play the machine. It'll just sit there. I mean, there's legitimately people out there that will do that. So, I mean, to me, there's all kinds of different ways to really enjoy a pin. And I wouldn't say any, any one of those ways aren't necessarily wrong. I think as long as you're enjoying pinball and it's keeping you coming back, that's a good thing. True. And, but here's, here's my problem is, as I've been playing Avengers now for a few weeks and I, I truly felt like I had, I had kind of, I had put in my time. I've streamed this a lot of nights. I've played this many different ways. I've had awesome people like you in chat kind of coaching me, telling me what to do or giving me suggestions of what to hit. But at the end of the day, I still felt like I had kind of gotten to the point where I had my own opinion on the machine. And my opinion was it shoots really well. And there's a there's endless possibilities to play the game, but I was almost overwhelmed with the possibilities. Like it was hard for me to focus because I could go so many different ways, and the code was so deep and complex. It was I hadn't fully wrapped my head around it, um, but the lack of of assets or the lack of you know music or something like that that lack of um, it never really sucked me in. Like I just in my mind I was like this is a game that I would not it's not for me and and i've had family and friends play it and they there's nothing super uh, you know there's no toy or mech or really anything you know that draws you in the closest thing would be thor multi-ball you know it's three hits but even that is just kind of a little light show so there was nothing that really drew in any of my friends and family so they didn't really like it so i i felt like i had kind of accepted this is the game and you know what maybe keith Elwin games aren't for me i think they're for competitive players but last night changed everything <laughs> last night. Uh-oh. Yes. I don't know how to feel about this. Okay. I don't, I don't know. This is very, this is weird for me because what you're saying is, is you had a, there's no spoon moment. Yeah. And <laughs> you like, once you figure it out, it'll be a light bulb. I don't, but I don't, I don't want this light bulb. I don't know how to feel because I, for the first time I was pursuing points and hitting jackpot shots gave me joy. <laughs> oh yeah. score. I mean, and that's a big part of it. Scoring is a big part of it. And you, I mean, once you start hitting those jackpots and the lights go off, the light show, the sounds, you get that, that feedback, it ends up, it causes an emotional response, especially when you're doing it over and over and over again. And oftentimes it's just like a shot of adrenaline that happens really. Yeah. And that's, so that's something that, um, you know, anytime that I've streamed this pen, my, my high score going into last night was uh, 160 million. And there's been a few times that you've been on stream even, or it may have gotten up to like 200 million, but it, it nothing crazy. And, but that was me trying my best to play the game the way I thought to play it. And there were times where you would potentially recommend strategies of, well, let's try this now and see if this strategy will work for you. And you, you know, to be honest, you've been quite encouraging as well as others like uh, Tess Bishop, Alex is his name, or, or Nick the Pensomniac. There's Raymond's even hopped into my chat. And like encouraged me to try different things and pushed me like, let's get that GC. Let's get that GC. 
but you know, in my mind, I was just playing things and trying to manipulate the machine to give me points, but I wasn't, I wasn't getting huge satisfaction out of it because I was barely squeaking by these points. Like I wasn't, it's not like I had really loaded things up in a way to blow it up or, um, really stack things in a way that it was going to give me a big payout. It was, I was kind of slowly accumulating the points. Right. It'd be almost like you would complete one thing and then you're ready to go to the next, but it was almost, how do I do this? Or how do I get control enough to get myself to that point in the game? Yeah. And so what changed everything is I got to give a lot of love and a huge shout out to to Nick. Nick, the Pinsomniac, he streams on Twitch. Um, he's part of TPN. He had reached out to me. And I know you have said the same thing of like, you know, it's very clear that you want to learn. But is there any way that we could set up a way that that I could like call you or kind of give you audio and watch your stream in real time and kind of coach you through your, you know, the headset while you play? And so last night on stream, I actually had Nick. Nick Pinsomniac, he has a, an Avengers Premium. And Nick knows the rules inside and out and having him like watch while I play and being able to communicate back and forth of like, okay, what's the game plan here? What are we going to try to shoot? And then him kind of pointing things out like, Hey, your, your mystery's lit. Go ahead and hit mystery for Attaball. Or, you know what you want to try right now? Like go ahead and hit the Avengers tower because you can get that multi-ball going or let's focus on a portal lock and having somebody essentially hold my hand through that game. The first game I played, I got like over 200 something million. And then it was almost close to 300 million. And the last game of the night, I ended the night at 662 million, which I know your high score is like one point something billion. But still, that, that to go from one in like roughly 200 to triple my score was amazing. It was so much fun. Yeah, I mean, that's you getting over that hump. And then once you do that, it just it unlocks something in your brain. Once you really start to figure out a rule set and you start to get that feedback, from doing things correctly, you really start to enjoy different parts of the game that you might not have been able to enjoy before. Because I mean, I'm the same way. If I play a brand new game and I'm going in cold and I don't know the rule set, I'm not really going to sit there enjoying the game while trying to figure things out because I'm going to brick shots. So my enjoyment that I'm finding at that point is learning the rule set. Now, if you're a player that naturally doesn't like rules, that doesn't pay attention to score, you're probably not going to enjoy that part of it. And that's kind of the part that you got to bridge together. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. So having a coach there in real time really helped out tremendously from the sounds of it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so one of the big, the key, one of the key things of Avengers is really the the power of the gems and the fact that the perks, every time you, you, you gain a gem, there's value there and, and knowing where to put it or why you put it there. And to be honest, there's almost no right or wrong answer. Like there, there's truly value of putting a gem on really almost any shot. And that type of being able to adapt where it's like, all right, I want to put this shot on, like there were multiple times where it's like, okay, I, I want to put this shot on uh, Black Widow, which is right up the middle. Should be the easiest shot in the game. And of course I'd biff it and it would end up on Captain Marvel. And it's like, okay, that wasn't the plan, but we can work with that. And that that really opened my eyes to how brilliant <laughs> this code is. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And it's it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things that I've argued with a lot of people behind the scenes, you hear so much about theme integration theme integration. You know, it's it's pounded into us, especially if you're listening to podcasts or videos or anything like that outside of actual manufacturers. And to me, being a Marvel fan, 
to me, it doesn't get much more theme integrated when something in the actual game code relates to the comics, which is being able to use the gems in a way that powers things up, that either powers a character up or powers a shot up, or you get to battle for that particular gem and then you get to assign it and use it a certain way. And to me, that's a part of theme integration. And when you can do that with the code, to me, that's what really makes this game pop. And I know that there's a lot of people that they feel like there's not that type of theme integration in Avengers simply because of a lack of toys or mechs or whatever you want to call it. But when you truly look at that, the fact that they got inserts that you can place the gems at, that kind of remind you of Thanos's glove. And then you get to be able to pick, you know, where you want to power things up to me, that's tremendous theme integration. And that took a lot of thought process too to come up with that rule set. I don't care what anybody says, that takes a lot of thought to make sure that that is balanced out and can be used well by everybody. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, you know, my view on this game is, and this is why it's, it's tough for me because I'm realizing if you would ask me two weeks ago, you know, Hey, you know, you're supposed to return this game by the end of the month. Um, you know, I'd be like, all right, by the end of the month, I think I will have, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, I've enjoyed it, but <laughs> coming off of last night and even coming into today and thinking through the game, I'm realizing I'm going to miss it. I'm really going to miss it because from a streaming standpoint to stand in front of a game and play a game for three hours and knowing that this game, there are so many different ways to conquer it. it. It seems fresh. And and I know that's something that Nick said is he's gotten to the point with the power gyms. You know, when you go to start a power gym mode, he just chooses whatever's recommended to him. Because why not? You There's viable strategies with every single one of them. So instead of feeling like you have to step up to the machine and play it in one particular way. And the moment that you fail a gym, your strategy shot and you almost feel like you need to reset. This game is completely different. It's it's you can adapt to almost anything in that game. Yeah. And that's the great thing about it. I mean, even to me that speaks to casual players as well, because obviously if you're playing in tournaments, you have a very specific roadmap. You're going to take a very direct path to get to the most points. But if you're wanting to kind of experience the pen as it is, as it lies, that's a great way to do it. And just as long as you start to understand what the power of the gems are and what they do with each spot, then it it does open up a ton of opportunities just to play the random, you know, let it pick it out for you. And then you can actually enjoy what the pen has given you at that point. And that's the part that I find myself doing that all the time you know, at my home too, because it's just, I mean, it's a lot of fun to do because you don't have to play the same exact game every single time. And that leads you to different decisions that can affect what happens in the mid game when you're playing it. Yeah. And I think, so what my one, one of my complaints is, you know, the gem modes, you're, you're battling somebody. And at the end, there's always a final blow and the final blow shot. There's no fanfare. Like there's, there's a sound and, and there's a graphic, but there's no like, the light shows don't go nuts. It's not like the flippers die. Like there's no, it, in my opinion, there's not like, it doesn't feel as big of a moment as it could. Now, one thing that's probably unfair. I know you have an LE, my machine doesn't have a shaker in it. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming when you hit that final blow, the, the game goes nuts. Like from a shaker standpoint, I think it would make sense. Is that true? I think it does a little bit. I honestly, okay. I usually turn off the shaker after a while just because it's just filling my hands vibrate nonstop. Oh. The kind of gets to me, although I do pay for it. So, but yeah, it does. It, I, I'm pretty sure it does. You're putting me on the spot now. I feel like yeah. I'm gonna take the glass off and figure it out. What well, 
does. I mean, I think you could defeat it without having to take the glass off. <laughs> um, well, so to compare, one of my favorite games, which is so weird because it's so, so different than this game, is uh, TNA. I am a huge fan of Total Nuclear Annihilation. And every single time you destroy a reactor, though, the light show and the music change and the the I think Scott Denisi takes a shaker motor and whatever the intensity level is on a stern, he like triples it because the intensity level of a shaker in in Rick and Morty or or TNA is so intense. So the whole game like flips out when you blow up a reactor. And maybe that's just it that I I almost in my opinion. I would almost want that or like turtles. You have a turtles. And I think what's really cool is when you complete a mode, you have one of four shots at the end. And when you hit that for one of those shots, it all four of those shots have diverters in it that stop the ball. And it forces you to take a breath, watch the light show and watch the animation on the screen. And I think it makes that moment like it gives it more weight. And that's something that I feel like is missing in the gym modes, if that makes sense. No, that totally does. I think, I mean, I think that there's still possibilities that they could do once you collect a gem, mm-hmm. maybe change it around just a little bit. But like one of the things that I wish that the game had that I think it's sorely missing is just having Thanos's snap. Like that's nowhere yeah. really in the game to where you see it actually happening in real time, such as like half the play field going dark or, you know, just your flippers just simply stop working in the middle of it. I mean, just something like that. I don't know exactly how they could code that in or how they could push that in, but I feel like that's a major part missing. And then another part that I am disappointed that's missing from it is that if you look at it, Adam Warlock is on the play field, right? And he actually plays a major part in the comics in terms of fighting against Thanos, even wears the glove at one point. But on this game, it's obvious that they don't have the assets to him outside of the play field. So I am kind of disappointed not to see him more involved, whether it's in the LCD or call outs or something like that. Cause that is actually a pretty big character to the saga. And so you don't, you don't feel there's a chance that, that either of those things could be involved in the final Thanos mode, which isn't finished. That would be my guess is what I'm hoping, but I would think just since Adam Warlock hasn't been used as everybody else has, you know, featured characters that their assets just go to just the play field. That would be my guess. Because if you look at it, if you look at all the featured characters, everybody else shows up on the back glass or on the LCD in some form. Yeah, that's fair. Whereas Adam Warlock, I mean, maybe he has shown up on the LCD and for whatever reason, I just haven't noticed it. But I mean, like Ant-Man and Wasp, they show up, flank attack with... uh, Falcon. Falcon, yeah. He's in there. The Hawkeye challenge is in there. So, I mean, there's certain other components to this of certain Avengers that aren't necessarily with the core group Avengers. And so with Adam Warlock, it seems like the only time we really see him happens to be just on the play field right above Scarlet Witch. So, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you'll be surprised maybe, or, or I, I get what you're saying. Cause it, I see it. He's pretty prominent. He's right there in the middle of the, of the play field, but um, yeah. I w- so so, what, so just to wrap up the, the the comment about the gym modes is I know I understand I would like it to pause, but at the same time, I do know there are multiple times. And one of the main strategies that we are kind of pursuing is always being in a multi-ball when, when doing a gym mode. So there are multiple times that I, I finished the gym, but I was still in a multi-ball. So if, if it would have froze or done an animation, it would have kind of disrupted that multi-ball. 
But on the same side, there were times where I'm, you know, I'm going to town on this multi-ball and I don't even know if I'm done with the, that, you know, that gym yet. So if I'm in space gym, which is all about hitting orbits, should I keep hitting orbits? And I think the answer is yes, because there's kind of a vic- victory lap type, type situation where you're, you're going to, you want to continue to hit the same shots. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. If you're in a, if you have your portal locks and you're playing with extra pinballs out there, yes. As soon as you complete your mode, you'll start your victory laps and those could be worth big points. Yes. Definitely want, if you can, you still want to play under control, but just be hitting your combos, just be hitting the lit shots and you'll see the points really pile up. Yeah. Portal locks are huge. Portal locks are absolutely huge. And, um, and then just being smart about your Ironman multi-ball or Thor multi-ball trying to get into that. And then if, you know, you're at a ball with mystery, um, there was just a lot that I was not focusing on and, and having, you know, Nick in my ear telling me like, Hey, try, you know, if you can try to hit this real quick or, you know, Hey, if you rip the disc a few times, you know, you do that enough, you're going to get an at a ball, you know, just, they'll just give you one. So just little things like that. And to be honest, last night, we barely even focused on the computer. You know, the computer itself is a whole nother with the bingo board essentially is a whole nother strategy that, that adds a whole nother layer into the game. Yeah. I mean, it absolutely is. There's been, you know, it's funny you point that out because there's some games to which I play and I just go for a computer frenzy. I just focus on the grid and nothing else. Then there's other games that I play that I do the, uh, the world breaker strategy that I was telling you about to where I just focus on getting a reality jump on Hulk and just maxing out that spinner and getting like 40 to 70 million point gamma ray spins on it. I mean, it just gets insane. And then there's, I mean, there's all kinds of different strategies that you can typically use. And I think that one of the things that sounds like you're finding out, Joel, is just how to play the different modes slash different multiballs on their own. And you're learning how to layer that in together. Yeah. What it sounds like to me. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, one of the strategies we were trying last night was um, you go with Mind Gym first, and so when you get Mind Gym, it kind of gives you a perk where you can hit your button and you you can basically get a free shot. And right. so you can level that up though. So we'd get Mind Gym and we'd try to put it on, you know, the easiest shot in the game, which is right up the middle. So you put that on uh, Black Widow. Well, if you get that to level two, right, or fully collected, um, is fully collected level two? Is that right, or is that a yeah, level. because you start at level zero, then level yeah. one, then level two. So if you fully collect her, it ramps up where, what is it? If if you collect her, then that means if you hit the button, you would get her shot. If you get to level one and you hit the button, it's like her shot and the, the two next to it. Is that right? Or I something be- like that? I believe so. I honestly haven't used that gem too much. Oh, well, let me teach you something. So (laughs) I just know when you fully level it up, apparently it will claim every lit shot on the board starting from left to right. And so what Nick was saying was if you get mind gym, put it on the easiest shot in the game, fully collect her, then you start reality gym, reality gym. All you have to do in reality gym is rip the disc and then it lights pretty much every shot on the board. So what he's saying is start reality gym, rip the disc and fill up strange. And when you get strange all the way filled up, it's seven times the score. And as soon as you have that all the way filled up, you hit your button and that button will claim every lit shot. So you will defeat the person literally by hitting that button one time and you automatically claim every single one of those shots at seven times multiplier. So that one process is, I think he said like 80 million points. Yeah, that would be pretty huge. And that's not even counting if you have 
portal, portal locks. Yeah, that could potentially get pretty big, especially if you can just play. Did you play uh, Mind Gem with the portal locks, or did well, you multi ball? No, because I suck. So, <laughs> you know, it was it was baby step, steps. But I do know that's what Nick said. That's one of his strategies that he's been pursuing. But I know, I mean, that's just one strategy. And what was interesting was, um, I think we, my best game of the night, I think I, I got Mind Jim, biffed the shot. So instead of putting Mind Jim on Black Widow, it ended up on Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel, you can't level up. So right. it's like, well, that goes. So then I tried to get into Power Gym and I failed Power Gym. And it's like, eh, whatever. And so then I got, I think I got into, um, I got, I ended up getting into uh, the uh, Soul Gym mode. But, you know, having Mind Gym on Captain Marvel helped because when it got to her, I was able to just hit the button and didn't have to hit that shot. So it's like, we're able to adapt. And later on, I ended up using Soul Gym to get, power gym uh, give me a second chance at power gym where i was able to claim at that time and do more stuff so that's what was really neat was instead of just doing an instant reset it was like well that fell through but let's what can we do now you know where how do we pivot and and i you know you're a competitive player so i i'm assuming there's a lot of games out there that if there's kind of only one or two strategies and if you biff it you're kind of out of luck is that right yeah yeah and those are the games to where it becomes you know, quote unquote, chopping wood. You know, if you hear that term, that's really what it comes from, at least in my point of view. But yeah, games, especially when you're dealing with Keith Elwin games, he usually gives you lots of options to take and lots of pathways to take, you know, and I've seen even on Iron Maiden and Jurassic Park, I've seen those played in competitions where people are playing them completely different. And Mm -hmm. so I'm always excited to play these games just because you do get different points of views on how to play it. Whereas if you're playing a game, say like Metallica in competition, it's mostly sparky all day at that point. I mean, there's there's some people that do go for the grade markers, but usually it's sparky at least the first time around. So, I mean, you know, games like Keith Elwin games that are coded the way that they are, it is really refreshing just because it does give you many different options to do. Now, the fun part of that is though, is that you do have so many different combinations. It's almost like I compare it to chess where you're actively trying to figure out your openers. You're trying to figure out your opening moves, especially on ball one, because it's going to, it's going to de- determine what you're going to do on ball two. And it's going to, going to determine what you're going to do in your mid game and how you're really going to start stacking everything together to really blow up the game. And I mean, that does go a long ways. And it is also important to think of it that way if you're trying to get to wizard mode as well, just because, just like you said, you can either spot a bunch of shots. You can power up Captain Marvel, which you do need. I think it's 18 total shots to Captain Marvel. To on a premium, on a pro, that was, we were actually giving Ray Day a hard time about that last night because there's no, you can spin, certain number of spins will give you a mystery, but there's no extra ball. There's no extra ball with Captain Marvel on a pro. And uh, we are giving him a hard time for that. <laughs> well, I think you can't go wrong either way. So what would you say then, is your favorite strategy right now on Avengers? Like if you were going to coach me through ball one. I, I mean, my favorite strategy is the don't drain strategy. I mean, that's normally what I go for and I'm not very good at it. Um, strategy number two is avoid the outlanes. Once again, a strategy I'm not really good at. So um, I would say, I don't, t- I don't know. And that's, that's what's really 
like I woke up today and I feel it's one of those, like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what it is. Am I now a competitive player? Am I, I'm not, but am I now like, do I like score? Do I like, because there were moments where it's, where like soul gym, when you put soul gym on, on something, isn't that where after you complete a gym, when you hit your soul, soul gym shot, you get half of that jackpot. Isn't that right? Yep. You can get You can get half upwards of 75% if you're a level two. Well, actually 150% in that case, because it's- I know. Well, once again, terrible placement of the gym. My my soul gym ended up on the drops, but it was just one of those like, boom, I just completed a, a, I just completed a gym. So that felt great. But now it's like, collect the gym, get control and hit the drops because that one shot is now worth, you know, 20 million points or something like ha- it's It's worth half of whatever I just did. Um, and that type of thing where it's like all, these high pressure shots, um, are really, it, it was really satisfying. Like I enjoyed that a lot. And so I don't know, I mean, strategy wise, I think, um, there are a few things I really enjoy, like time gym, I find to be a very hard gym and, um, just because you have to time the drop hit perfectly. But if you have power gym before that, and you put power gym on the drops, you just have to hit the drops and it gives it to you. Or you could use Mind Gym and get Mind Gym on the drops and just smash the button. So it's like, if I was pursuing Time Gym, I'd probably do that first. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I mean, I'm a fan. I really enjoyed I was able to actually achieve the strategy that I said earlier, which was um, get Mind Gym fully uh, leveled up and then hit the button. And to be able to do that, to get that stacked in a way where you can hit a button and immediately collect 80, 80 million points is a, is a great feeling. Yeah, that's pretty huge. I guarantee just us talking about this right now, you've probably changed the meta for a lot of players because uh, naturally when you are dealing with competitive games, if you go out and play, and I know you're going to do this, Joel, because you're officially a competitive player now. Yeah. You're, you're, you've got the bug. I can tell already. You've got the bug now. Because this is what happens for everybody out there that's thinking that score doesn't matter. I'm telling you, once you figure out why you're shooting the blinky light, and once you're getting that feedback, and once you realize where that leads later in the game, you get hooked and you start to follow that along. I mean, you really do. But one of the things with this particular pen and basically any pen that's in a major tournament, you'll find that they basically just make it play as near humanly difficult as possible. And so one of the unique things about this game that I think a lot of people are going to find is once it is set up for true competition, meaning you know, the ball save is minimal. You've got no rubbers on the outlane post. Outlanes are wide open. Then you've got to really work on trying to make your gameplay as efficient as possible. And if somebody can get that mind gem like you're talking about and just use the Black Widow ramp to just level it up to play as safe as possible while giving themselves coverage to be able to hit that button and get 50 plus million points out of it. I mean, that's huge. That's definitely something I'm going to take a look at and see if that's worth doing because it does sound like it. The way that you're explaining it, I think that would work out really well. Yeah, well, I got to give credit. It's not me. That was not my big brain strategy. That is absolutely Nick Pinsomnik. That's something that he's been, that he was working on. Because uh, just just knowing that alone, that it's like, okay, every time that I've played the uh, reality gym, I understand you have to hit the disc the first shot. But after that, everything's just open. So in my mind, it's like, well, if I'm going to do reality gym, let's get Thor ready to go. Start reality gym, reality gym, hit the disc one time, start Thor, and then just keep the balls alive. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to hit my seven shots or however many are lit. And I'm I'm good. I'm done. 
But then for Nick to be like, no, that's not, I mean, sure. If you just want to complete the gym, you can, but if you focus instead on hitting the disc first and getting your seven times multiplayer all, you know, all the way up, everything you hit is worth way more. And it's just like, I hadn't, you know, like those are the things that I don't think about. And, um, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm wrestling this inner turmoil (laughs) that I've experienced because my favorite way to play pinball is with other people. And you, you know, a lot of my friends and family are not, they're not good pinball players. So I, they don't care about score. They're not going to be able to hit those jackpot shots. So it's, I want to, I want them to experience, you know, moments and experience cool things with me. And that's why I think, you know, like I really enjoy TNA because TNA co-op, we're all pursuing, you know, blowing up those reactors together. And those are, every single one of those is a moment. And that's, what's tough is I, I know there's no way I could convince my wife, Nicole, that Avengers is a fun game just because her skill level's not there. But I'm finding that maybe, you know, like maybe I need to adapt, like maybe my taste is changing and, and that's okay because this game has really opened my eyes. Um, or at least last night, you know, now that I'm really seeing the intricacies here, um, it's given me a whole new appreciation for it. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things too, that you'll find. And I guarantee you're figuring this out in real time, which is actually for me as a hobbyist and somebody that watches your stream, this is actually really exciting, believe it or not. So I'm going to nerd out a little bit about this, that when you feel and you can tell that your pinball skills are developing, you start to develop a better appreciation for the games that you play because you start to understand more of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And it becomes that much more enjoyable. It's nearly like like a world inside a little world. You know, it's because I remember when I first started playing pinball, you know, a lot more than what I was before just a few years ago that I knew I liked pinball, but I didn't know exactly why. Like I knew it was the lights. I knew the shots were fun, but I couldn't get control of the ball. And I wasn't really trying to do anything that I do today. I just kind of developed that naturally over time because I was like, wait, I don't want the ball to drain as often. And I found that the better my flipper skills got, the more I enjoyed the game overall. And that's the same exact thing that's happening for my wife right now. You know, she'll tell you straight up, she was just terrible at pinball when she first started. I mean, she would get so frustrated. We'd go out to the pinball hall on a Friday night and she would play like two or three games and she was already frustrated, you know, and this wasn't like putt putt frustrated that she's not getting holes in one all the time. This is just, why am I even putting any more coins into that? You know, and now she just, she can't get enough of it. We have tons of games at home and she's found by playing the game more, she's developed a greater appreciation for it. And I, I can see that's exactly where you're going with this because now you're starting to see what pins like Avengers, you know, how they play and how much fun they can be. And the, the reality is that's not the only type of pin out there that would be that type of fun either. And that's what makes this hobby so dang exciting. It really does. Yeah. No, for sure. And I, that's what I think, um, you know, my wife is a very competitive person. So a lot of times, you know, if we attempt a sport or attempt a something and, and one of us is particularly a lot better than the other, it, 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 it really frustrates her a lot. So it's one of those like, ah, this is dumb. We're not going to play, you know, or she's not going to play. And so unfortunately pinball right now, that's why I really like co-op mode because at least I feel like we're playing together because otherwise it's a lot of you waiting for the other person to finish their ball. And if, and if her ball time is, you know, whatever, a a fifth of what my ball ball time is, it's not nearly as enjoyable. So that's why I like harder games because it, it keeps me, I feel like it keeps me down 
uh, or my my skill level down. But I understand the more I play, that's that gap is going to increase. So I don't know. I I just I maybe maybe. I know we have two kids that our time is limited, especially with with uh, free time really only starting after nine o'clock. But maybe I can if I can get her to just feel that little taste of success for that little bit of competition. Maybe there's a chance that that I could get her uh, into it if she feels like she could compete. That would be pretty, pretty awesome. So you want to know the secret? I'm about to give you the secret right now and I'll give your listeners the secret. This is oh, a, this is exactly how I got my wife more into pinball. I made sure. I found out what pinball machine she liked the best, not what she basically was the best at or anything like that. I just asked her, what game would you want to go play all the time? And I found out that was Stern's uh, Pirates, right? The POTC from Stern. Yeah. And once I found that out, I went through hell and fire and brimstone to find that game, to buy it and surprise her with it on our anniversary. And she has been hooked ever since because that's her pen she knows it's her pen i'm banned from even playing on that pen <laughs> that gave her something to play on that gave her something to fix up and she just got the bug from there once she realized she's like this is mine this is mine to take care of i mean that that gave her the bug right there i mean it, it did and that that worked out great for me i wasn't even planning on that happening in that way i just did it out out of kind gesture because i'm like i enjoy pinball I want to get you something to where you're telling me that this is something you would enjoy. So let's just try this out. And next thing I know, we're a couple of years later down the line and she travels across the country to shows with me. She talks to other wives or girlfriends or other players. I mean, she really enjoys the whole entire hobby. So, I mean, that's, that's the secret right there, Joel. And that's the yeah. secret for all the listeners. If you can find the game that your significant other really likes, get that game and they will be hooked more times than not. And if they're well, not, you have one more pinball game at least. That's fair. And and I know my wife, I did make a comment once. I was like, if, if there was a theme that you'd be all in on. And she said Harry Potter. So I, I've been already given permission that like if Harry, if there is a Harry Potter one day, like I think I, I think asking, you know, to, to go to, you know, the, the joint bank account and try to chip away at that. I think I think that that bargain will be a whole lot better. Uh, or maybe, yeah, like you're saying, just completely convinced, like, no, this is your game. You know, we're we're not, this isn't my game. This is your game. So uh, Harry Potter, there's a chance. If if one day, if there's a Harry Potter machine, there is a chance. But you said Monica likes traveling with you. She does have a favorite competitive player, right? Yeah, I hear about it all the time. Yeah, Keith, if you're listening, yes, you're still her favorite player. Yeah. All the time. Uh. <laughs> she told me all the time. Anytime I come back with a decent score... She doesn't see me at Herb events. And so for those that don't know what Herb events are, you have to basically score the highest amount of points in a game, single player game. And I'll come back and I feel like I've done great. And she'll just be like, Elwin would have only done it once. He doesn't need to do it eight, eight, nine, 10 times. I'm just like, really? Really? Yeah. And it's kind of where they both told me. Like they'll take selfies and they'll just send it to me. And she'll be like, yeah, I found Elwin. Got the selfie all the way. There you go. There's your inspiration. I'm like, thanks. That's so great. That's I, so great. And here you are loving his game. <laughs> well, I can accept he's a world-class player, best player of all time and all that. So naturally my wife is going to be like, I'm just going to just admit he's the best that there is. I'm just going to give you crap about it all the time. So yeah, it's just like her little inside joke jab at me. So anytime that he's in the same tournament I'm in, she's like, huh? Well, there's a guarantee you're not going to win. <laughs> Great. Thanks. 
glad we traveled by plane to this tournament. Excellent. Uh, well, she's got good taste, isn't that? I mean, yeah, she's got uh, good taste. Yeah, she cracks me up. She she actually, it's funny because she'll sit there with me at times and she'll watch pinball just nonstop. And she's gotten to where she knows people, you know, either in person or she's recognized names and all that. So, I mean, she just enjoys just hanging out at the events and sometimes playing too. She'll sometimes play the events. Then other times she's perfectly fine just hanging out with the other spouses and drinking wine. So, I mean, happy wife, happy life. That's what I say. Yeah, that's great. No, I maybe one day when, when all these events start happening again, I mean, there's so many people. I, I've really only started with this really kind of committing to the the podcast and the and streaming and everything kind of last May and and just the number of other people that I've met even even people watching in the stream or whatnot like I can't wait for a pinball show and and be able to meet some of these people in person I I think it's going to be a blast oh yeah I mean overall the yeah obviously there's sometimes drama outside of pinball but I mean I have to tell you 99.9 percent of the people that I encounter are great people you know, and they come from all walks of life too. And to me, that's the best part about this hobby is being able to meet new people and talk about something that we share in common. And we may not share everything in common or even anything else in common, but we share that joy and that love of pinball. And to me, that's something that that's, that does matter overall. And at events, that's just, to me, there's no, there's no better feeling than doing something like that. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're kind of this is all kind of a uh, a support group <laughs> for each other, where we all have these, you know, we all have this addiction, this love, this passion for for pinball. And when you find somebody else that that shares that with you, then yeah, it's it's painless to to chat about it or talk about it or you know, sh- you know, get geeked out about new stuff or rumors or you know, game strategy. It's it, it's just. I've loved this hobby and everybody that I've met in this hobby. Not well, I mean, I agree. There's some negativity in it, but a lot of the people in this hobby are so willing to just, I mean, even you, like you, you, you joined my, you know, hopped on my stream, very, you know, encouraging and supportive on stream and then reaching out on Facebook and giving me tips and tricks. I mean, I think that's crazy and uh, it's awesome. It's, 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 it's so appreciated and I, I love every bit of it. Oh yeah. I, I think 100% of the people that are involved in this hobby that they're they're in it for the right reasons. And I think everybody in this hobby is genuine. It doesn't mean that we all have to agree. Obviously, we all have our certain disagreements, but I think everybody is trying to experience this hobby the best way that they can in ways that make them happy. And I think at the end of the day, that's really what matters. And even if some people don't get along, that's perfectly fine. The great news is there's thousands of us out there anyways. You're going to find people that you get along with. That's the great thing about this hobby as well. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, I know I just knew, I mean, we we've been talking a little bit on Facebook and we've had some good conversation and and it's like, you know what? Let's see. I it was very casual. I mean, literally this morning I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm planning on recording a podcast and, you know, I'm going through this emotional roller coaster with my newfound, you know, joy and enjoyment of of Avengers and I was curious if you wanted to chat about it and I I absolutely en- thoroughly enjoyed <laughs> this conversation. No, it was definitely a lot of fun. I definitely appreciate it. And one of the things I want to find out from you, we don't have to do it right now, but I got to find out now your opinion of Avengers against something like Stranger Things. Now that, yeah. now that this world has opened up to you, a non-linear game, how it stacks up. That's what I'm curious about. I don't know, man. I think I need to really spend some time like journaling and 
just uh, at meditating and praying and trying to figure out, I don't know. I mean, this is like a whole new, this is a whole new thing. And I, and I got to figure out how to handle it, but I, there are, I absolutely, you know, playing Zach's Stranger Things LE and seeing the projector and seeing the UV light kit and the light show and just that overall experience is, it's like pure joy the entire time I'm playing. But I realize now I've just always dismissed pursuing points because I never felt that I could. And I was good enough to like be excited about doing that. But there was a time last night, like Raymond, Raymond Davidson was actually in my chat. And at one point he said, you know, Nick was being very complimentary or whatever. And he's like, man, you were, you were executing this really well. And, and Raymond's like, absolutely. Like this is, he is doing an incredible job. Like when did Joel become a robot, you know? And it was just, and I don't know if it was the fact that I could focus, but you know, I was hitting shots and that. I understand that there's a big step there when you get into pinball of pinball becomes a lot more fun when you actually hit the shot you're trying to hit. And, um, man, it was a blast last night on stream, just having that encouragement, that support, but also that direction of what to do or how to adapt when you mess up or miss. And then, you know, yeah. Having those feelings of like, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it guys. I'm doing it. Definitely. Well, and you touch base on something that's really important because there is that misconception out there that, you know, tournament players, they're miserable or, oh, I can't believe they're doing that instead of going to the show and all this and that. But what you discover is, is that we all thoroughly enjoy pinball. And there is this other world that opens up for you of adrenaline, of just pure joy of figuring out how a game works, how to get to the next step of the game, how to get to a wizard mode. And we all openly share the knowledge of the rule sets too. That's what a lot of these great players, I mean, and even other people that just go to just casual tournaments, everybody's really talkative. Everybody shares what they know. And that's, what's great. You learn so much just by doing and by uh, participating in it. It is fun. I'd highly recommend it. Thinking about doing something like that. That's where last night, I mean, my goal, the last few times I've streamed was to get to black order multi-ball and I've never done it. And so to give, to not do that goal and pursue other things, it ended up happening and it happened organically. So I real what I realized last night is it it doesn't have to be an either or. That when you know when you are pursuing points, you or certain shots or being smart about the shots, you you know you're naturally going to get deeper into the game, and so you're going to have those moments. And I think my biggest fear with playing at a trying to play a game in a competitive manner is you know people do talk about some of these amazing games out there that really. I think like, for example, like Indiana Jones, like from a competitive standpoint, there's really only one strategy, right? And I, and right. that's the last thing I'd want is to feel like you have this game and you're not going to look at your view or experience anything in any part of it. And, and that's the, that's the last thing I'd want is for, you know, those moments to be ignored, to pursue a point. And, uh, and I think modern games are, are doing an extremely good job of trying to find that balance. Yeah. And and that's the big key of it. I mean, I got to say though, once you are in competition and you're playing, I promise you the last thing you're thinking about is how deep this rule set is or what's going to happen here. You know what I mean? It's kind of all yeah. thrown out the window because you have all these other mixtures of feelings, you know, you're paying attention to how the other players playing and you're, you're kind of caught in between, or you, do you cheer them on or do you hope that they drain because they're still your friends? You know, you want them to do well, but you still want to do better so you can advance. So there's just this 
it's this fun camaraderie that happens. And I think you'll find even on games that you have to end up playing very linear, you find that it's still a different experience just because you are stacked up against other people. And just because it is important in that moment on how well you're doing or what you're setting up for yourself. And that part of it is actually, it's a lot of fun too. I mean, it's, it is, it's still a blast of course, to be at the house and try to get to a wizard mode and try to play a game a different way. But it's also just as much fun to me personally, to be able to go play at a game and know that it's my turn to play this game, you know, whether I'm in queue for a herb event or for something like that. And knowing that I'm going to try to blow up this game or knowing that I'm trying to do something as perfect as I possibly can, as controlled as I can, because sometimes, you know, like you said, plans blow up at times. I've had tons of games like that. And then the fun part is, is figuring it out afterwards. Like, okay, I screwed up my ball one. I have nothing set up. What do I do now? You know, there's lots of games like that. And that gives another degree of enjoyment in this game that you can't, truthfully, you cannot find in pinball unless you're really in that moment at that particular time. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was, that's what was really nice last night was being pushed, you know, by Nick or even by chat, you know, that encouragement. And that was, it was just, it was really cool to see, to glance over and look at chat and seeing people react, whether it was emotes or, or, you know, just, you know, being supportive, you know, with like, holy cow or great shot. Or, and I said, you know, it's just, it was, it was, it was so much fun. So I don't know, I would say, I mean, the, to wrap this all up, I would, I feel like I've spent weeks now sharing my opinion of Avengers and to feel like I, uh, all of that was shaken up last night. I mean, I, I think I've always said it is a good game and I absolutely respect this game. But now the fact that I've really had more of an aha moment or had somebody sit there and explain the rules and go a little deeper and just really, I think what I realized was just the genius that between Keith and Raymond and others of just how do we balance this road set so that you can adapt at any moment and still have, you know, games that, that the scores matter and moments matter. And by doing that, you're still experiencing the game and getting to, you know, to getting to Blackwater multiball or getting to other moments in that game. Um, I don't know. I just, there's definitely, I definitely walked away with more of appreciation for that. And yeah, I'll really have to do some, some soul searching to feel like whether or not this, you know, I think I had, I had, I had set myself as a very linear type player. That's the games I like. And, uh, maybe I should be a little more open-minded on that. And, and, um, because I think, I don't, I think it just really shows how brilliant some of these current games are. Um, and yeah, don't dismiss things immediately or even like I've been playing this game for like two months and here I am like, don't dismiss it because there's still more to be found. Definitely. Nissy. now we need to, we need to get your game of the year vote back. I don't know what you voted for, but we might have to get it back. Yeah. I voted for a uh, uh, heist. No, <laughs> that's mean. That's mean to heist. I've, I have not played heist, but um, we could go on and on about just, I know you voted in the, the the pinball industry awards and so did I, and we had a quick conversation about this, but it was just trying to be objective was, was really, really challenging, yeah, but it was, it was really enjoyable. So maybe we'll have that conversation another time, or, or that would be a fun conversation to have after uh, the, the pinball industry awards. But uh, at, at the end of the day though, I think, you know, I've played turtles. I mean, we could talk a bunch about that. I've played stranger things. I've played Avengers and I have, they all are very unique and I've enjoyed each one in many different ways. Um, so it just, at the end of the day, that's, that's why this hobby's great. Cause this is just a good time all around. 
definitely pinball is still going to be fun because it's pinball and no matter what theme you're looking at if you get i mean your worst day of playing pinball is probably better than your best day at work i say at least in my opinion at least in my line of work it is yeah that's fair but all right well is there anything i mean anybody that's listening to this you guys know uh my name is joel this is just another pinball podcast and this in this case this is just a pinball podcast but um uh, you guys, anybody can reach out to me. I love the feedback. Find me on Facebook under Joel Engelberth, or you can hit me up with email at just another, just another pinball at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, Travis, uh, if you want to plug yourself, go for it. Yeah. So as Joel just said, I'm going to plug myself here. Um, and I, I'm sure that's what Zach would probably say. That's what she said. That's <laughs> here, here, right there. But, uh, Basically, you guys can find me on YouTube at Marv Loco, and I just have various videos up there, just commentary, podcasts, stuff like that. And soon to be, hopefully, I can finally get some game tips out there and some rule set tips as well. It just, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to get it out there, but hopefully I can do it for you guys here pretty soon. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Travis, thanks again for just uh, the willingness to hop on here. I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the feedback that we get from this because I think this was a ton of fun and I think people will enjoy this. And I doubt, I mean, I doubt Keith listens. I know Raymond does. Raymond consumes like every pinball podcast out there. So Raymond, I know you're listening. Job well done, man. The code on Avengers is a blast and there are people that are loving this game. So feel proud. Yeah, and I also publicly want to tell Raymond, thank you for uh, exposing the combo glitch in it or the you know, you know which one I'm talking about, Joel. Yeah, what was it? Time Jim and uh, basically Panther and just yeah. ripping that all day. Yeah. Yep. So rest in peace, Black Widow to uh, Black Panther. Thank you, yeah. Raymond. <laughs> well, for guys like me that are that need to get portal locks, which you get with combos, that was a combo I could do, and now it's gone. So now my combo options are basically Black Widow to Captain Captain Marvel, and uh, it it made my life harder. But I totally understand why they did it. I'm sure it'll come back, but until then, we can still give Ray a hard time about it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks again. Um, yeah. Say hello to Monica and Carter. That's the only one of your kids I know, but I uh, appreciate them letting you be on here and, uh, you know, nurse that neck back to health. We need you. <laughs> we need you healthy here. And uh, thanks again for being on here. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. Thank you, Joel. All right. See you guys.